Welcome back to the bros. We're in the back room of the sanctuary where the conversation happens. I'm your host, Jose. we got Bill and John with me in the room and a special guest, Brother Jordan Bowers. Hooray! I'm oh, cheering. I'll put, be here. put applause over there. That's fine. Put applause. Yeah, just a nice little rousing cheer. Just, yeah, it's Jordan yeah. Bowers. And then everybody's like, who's that? <laughs> exactly. Forget the applause. Yeah, yeah. I'll put it. I'll, I'll do it right now. Yeah. Was that a good intro, guys? Yeah, it was good. I thought it, it was good. Too. It was yeah, good. It intro. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. Anybody want to try another one? Just in case. <laughs> <laughs> I, think should, I think Jordan should try an intro. No, yeah, that would be fun. That would be so. The, in, the host does the intro. Yeah, the guest. Oh, no, the guest. Yeah, yeah, the guest does what? the intro. What? Hold on. I kind of want to do Hold that. Hold on. <laughs> what? <laughs> Welcome to the bros. I'm not a bro, but I'm still on the show. Okay. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, boy. Awesome. We should slide that in there somewhere. We got to somewhere. Well, I, what I was saying about the preaching, though, uh, is that um, whenever it, whenever I was listening to y'all's podcast before, I was listening to it, and you had mentioned, that, or Jose had mentioned that um, he had a hard time listening to preaching, but teaching was where he found it. I was like, Lord, I really yeah. I hope you can kind of put this in there where, you know, it can help Jose focus. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, I don't want it to fun. be like, after service, I think you did good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> can't focus. It's... It's. It, I love the message, and you know, I think it went a lot better than last time you were here. I don't think I'm saying anything out of you know turn nah. or anything, but no. And I mean, you know, one preaching is to another, but I think that you can definitely tell. I know when I play bass, you're like, that was a good night. That mm. one was, eh, it's all right. all right. Sometimes you have off nights. Sure, it yeah, is true. it's hard, and uh, I think tonight went really well. I think it was a great message. I wasn't here the last time. It reminded I. me, I mean, which is probably why it went bad. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> there was nobody here. Well, it's you not. Know. It's not really that it went bad. I wasn't as it confident. Wasn't bad. Yeah, I wasn't as confident. That's big, and that's a big thing, especially really if because um, it reflects a lot in how you talk, the way you present everything. Mm. Yeah, um, it was, it's. But you know, the first time I heard you preach was your first message, which is. You know, big moment. You were at Arcadia. Mm-hmm. It was a service. youth service. It was great. John wasn't there. He wished he could have been. But, I uh, tried, dude. Oh, I remember yeah. you telling me about that. Yep. It was a great, and I don't remember all of it just because I've heard so many messages that you can't remember all of them. But the part I do remember, I think you kind of sometimes do that where you're like, that was good. And then you take one thing out of it that you remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, that part. But where you, you know, it was an off, it was a rabbit trail in, in kind of where you're talking about recon by fire and oh it's so good yeah so good i love that i still think it's great you know talking about the sniper sniper's yeah. crosshairs and yeah just that the, the devil doesn't know exactly where you are until he shoots and you run out right ah. you know he's not aware of where you are fully he knows somewhat i mean he knows there's bushes right. out there but what well, talks about over there so it talks about us being heavenly places with christ mm. jesus and yes. because satan has no access to heavenly places the only thing he can do is fire Towards the areas he right. thinks you're at, and yeah. if you react and run out, uh, it's your whole lot easier target. Wow. wow. Yeah. Hey, uh, not to get you off of the subject or anything. I'll go for it. But let's. Uh, can I, can I ask you a couple questions first? I want to know what's your background mm. before you started preaching, and like, where did you get the calling to preach? Well, I would say, well, I grew up in church. Uh, uh, I, well, yeah, I've been in church my whole life. I grew I grew up. I was born in church. Um, so a lot of my testimony, as you would say, is fairly to someone that has a, a major testimony, like they were delivered from drugs and alcohol and different things. It makes me considered maybe more bleak, you know, yeah. uh, I grew up in church or maybe it seems that way to me and maybe not to other people. 
Um, but um, my ministry technically, um, when I was called to preach, was at youth camp when I was 12 or 13. I don't remember. Mm. No, I think it was 12. And then uh, I was seeking for the Holy Ghost at 13, received it at 13. A lot of things happened at 13. I'll, I'll, we'll, yeah. We may get into that a little bit later. Um, but um, good things and bad things. Um, but my calling came then, but I ran from it for probably two or three years. Really? Yeah, and wow. then I finally accepted it, and then nothing happened. And I kind of um, not really pushed back, but it kind of fell off because I wasn't doing what I knew I was supposed to be doing. Like, I knew I was supposed to be preaching, but I wasn't. And I guess uh, the kind of discouragement kind of got in. And um, whenever you get discouraged, a lot of things follow. Oh, yeah. Yes. You know, um, past mistakes can be can resurface. Yeah. Um, tripping and falling is a whole lot easier, you know, whenever you get discouraged. So, um, oh, of course. That's kind of the slight background. Did you, uh, in your family, was your family, like, wholly into Christianity? Because I know you just mentioned that you were always in church. Was it your choice? Um. In a, yes, it, it was it was my choice. So mom and dad, whenever they first came into um, holiness, they they got saved in the Church of God, and then the Church of God that they were going to kind of started going downhill. So they were looking for a new church. They found a holiness church. Uh, they've been holiness ever since. So they've been fully dedicated mm-hmm. um, to the work of the Lord and the ministry. Me myself, I've had uh, admittedly a very up and down relationship with the Lord. Right. Um, I've always wanted to do good, but. Uh, like Paul says, <laughs> I would do good, but evil is present. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever uh, it seems like the harder you try, if you don't have your focus in the right spot and you don't have, you're not striving towards the goal as hard as you should be, um, those desires of the world can kick you off your feet. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Your father's a preacher too, isn't he? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I thought so. I was just. <clears throat> forgot yeah i want to make mention to you uh we've mentioned on the podcast before and i don't want you to feel like what you said was inaccurate or inadequate but a lot of times what what we go through ourselves is like my testimony for instance yeah sure it's a big grandiose testimony (laughs) i can tell you how i've changed from one of the worst sinners i've ever been in my life to now i'm saved and i am got the grace of god right but that is a testimony of being lost. Right. Whereas a testimony of always in church and always following yeah. God and always being, you know, right there with mm-hmm. him is a greater testimony than anybody can ever have. Right. Always being in church and always following God and always being there to be able to listen to him is greater, much greater than anything. Yeah, it's yeah. the strongest testimony. Because you haven't had so much of a temptation to to leave and do drugs and alcohol and all the other kind of mm-hmm. stuff. You understand sure. what I'm trying to say? Right. So I think your testimony, being that you were, is so great. Don't ever belittle yourself when it comes to that. You got a great right. testimony. Right. Well, I agree. I agree with that uh, wholeheartedly. Um, I think more of what I was trying to say is. Um, that's something that I struggled with right, more, right. more so like now I realize that that's a good testimony. Exactly. Um, it's not as long. Right. Uh, so the Sometimes. devil kind of puts <laughs> it in a conflict. <laughs> like, well, you don't have a right. whole lot to tell. Yeah. Um, but, but then again, sometimes when it comes to those kind of testimonies, 
when you grow up in church, you get even more of a desire to experience the world. Right. I know for me, you know, we'd go to people's houses and they'd have TVs, they've had mm -hmm. video games. We didn't do that when I was a kid. And so that's the kind of thing we'd always want to do that. And they're like, let's go outside and play. And we're like, no, we want to <laughs> play video games. <laughs> so it's the only place we can do it. Please, can we do this for two hours? Like, right. you know, and just constantly going after it. And it, it was better, you know, than, than other people have, of, you know, wanting to play video games is not necessarily bad, right. whereas some people may have an even bigger desire to go out and do everything, but it sometimes is even more difficult, I feel, to get saved with a background in church because there's not as much meaning anymore, mm -hmm. whereas somebody who's just hearing yeah. it for the first time and, and, like, I didn't know that, you know, I didn't right. realize what, but it's like you said, you know, during your message and... Hopefully everybody who listens to this has heard it. It's online. You can listen. But he was saying that, you know, we always have to remember when we say in the name of Jesus that it has power. It's not just a thing we say. You know, sometimes we say, it's like when we say amen at the end of prayers. It's mm -hmm. just the thing you do. Right. So when, when the preacher finishes praying, you say amen. Right. But if we don't do that, then sometimes we have the name of Jesus just added on. And that's sometimes how it feels when somebody says to go down and pray and repent. Right. As you know, I don't know how many times I prayed, you know, Lord, save me or whatever it is, forgive me. And it just sometimes it has no meaning because of the number of times you do it. Whereas somebody who's been living in sin, this is the it's real to them. Right. It's in their heart it's that fresh. they want to do this where I don't sometimes know how to put it and it be real because mm -hmm. that's what I've done all my childhood. Right. Well, it, you find out if if you really look over our lives as young Christians or young people in that grew up at church, you find that's um a big thing and actually we do it a lot like even mm -hmm. even things like in paul's writing where he says grace and peace be multiplied unto you mm -hmm. through the knowledge of god yeah we don't even think about that it's just a greeting mm -hmm. yeah. but if you really think about that what he's saying is the more you know about god the more grace and peace will be right. multiplied it's, right. it's a whole statement oh, he's such a gifted writer I mean, right the stuff he said to start out things right it's, just but it's so easy to miss oh yeah because mm -hmm. we're it's, so used to hearing it right. right yes that is that is really good i can't believe it you know, we we get to we get to go through reading the the scripture and then missing one small little key element mm -hmm. in yeah. the in wow. Just to hear that, I like like I said, I like hearing teaching. Teaching mm -hmm. is oh wow, makes you think. Yeah, well, because because a lot of times what happens when you preach is you exhort and and not trying to tell anybody that they how to preach or anything, but sometimes we preach and we give a testimony, and sometimes the testimony isn't really what I vibe with or what I, what I, what I can resonate, resonate with. Yeah. with. Mm -hmm. But when you teach and you take the word of God and you, you, you expound on what it's actually saying and how right. we can use that in our personal lives, mm. that is where I get the meat of the word sure. of God. Right. And, I, and I get it. Some people have a testimony where the word of God is, is relevant in their testimony mm -hmm. and we can, we can get it from that. You know, um, yeah, but it's, sure. it's hard to apply some concepts based off of other people's experience. Right, right. And that's yeah. where I that's why I feel like I, I kind of fall off a little bit. Of, but yeah. Well, I'm going to start bringing this in because I feel like it's very interesting with, you know, you being a preacher and uh, a lover of, of comedy, oh, yeah. as I am, is the similarities between the two is that stand up comedy and preaching is very similar. <laughs> In in a, in a lot of ways, and I'll tell you one of the people things. Would fight you over that situation. They can, and I'll prove it to you right now. I was listening to a comedian who's like one of the one of the old, you know, he was one of the big names way far back. I mean, it's a while ago. Sam Kennison, 
and he's uh, yeah, and he he was uh, did Tonight Show stuff. He was a big name. I heard him, I heard him do his comedy, and and it's just like, I was like that guy's a preacher. You could just tell the way he said it. The way he says certain words. I won't. I won't. I'll try not to butcher this joke. But he (laughs) was saying, "You got you got the starving people in Africa. You got all of them starving in Africa." It's like, "Cause you're living in Africa. Why don't you go where the food is?" And that it's it's preaching though, right? That's the same kind of thing. Yeah. Well, you're raising your voice. It is. I'm sorry. I can't. Really, you're I, raising, I, you're raising your voice to emphasize what you're saying, so right. people lean into it more and like what you know. It's mm-hmm. and it's funny. Preachers are always trying to make connections, right? They're making connections between two things. Right. The real world and the spiritual world. I'm mm-hmm. saying the spiritual world isn't real, but they're trying to say the here's something that's in the Bible, and all of a sudden it applies to your life, mm-hmm. and then they keep drawing these connections back and forth. Comedy, a lot of times, is about making connections between two different things. Mm-hmm. Of trying to think, where do those two things you know, line up and what's funny about it? Way that yeah. makes you laugh. And that's why we clap when we hear good preaching and good comedy. Because we're like, that's a connection I've never seen before. Like, I never thought about it like that. That's really good. It's mm-hmm. a good point, right? Pre- preachers have these points. Comedians have bits they're going at. And they're trying to say, you know, this is where I'm going with this. And then they finally let you into the light. And you're like, oh. And you kind of saw where they were going. But all of a sudden, it's revealed, right, in the punchline. But it's it's interesting to me to see that because, you know, the same thing applies with testimonies. You can have different styles where some people might do like, you know, the Rodney Dangerfield one-liners where, you know, you tell a joke and it has nothing to do with you. Or mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a comedic or a cartoonish version of you. Right. Or some people may be just telling a story from their life and making it funny. Mm-hmm. But for preaching, sometimes that can be you taking more from the Bible directly and, and kind of making points based on that. Or you're telling testimonies that happen to you. And it's mm-hmm. like the styles vary, but it can be similar. Because yeah. I love both of those things. I love hearing good preaching. I love hearing good people do comedy. If they're really good at it, you can tell. Because you hear the connections being made. And again, it's some of the stuff is written down. And then sometimes you're just riffing. You know, right. Sometimes you're just going off of it. And, and in comedy, you have to follow your instincts. In preaching, you have to follow the leading of the spirit. But it's the same thing where you're not going directly off what you've already pre-thought out. You're not going by what your mind says. You're mm-hmm. just like, this is what's funny or this is what's spiritually engaging and what right. you want to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, there's several preachers that I, I like listening to because they they add things in that yeah. makes you laugh. It right. engages you in their Well, they're used to sermon. making those connections. And so sometimes the connections are spiritual and sometimes they're funny. And you can that's why a lot of preachers are able to just like do all this funny stuff and you're like, oh, that's hilarious. I know yeah. several that are just believe, so good. I believe it was uh, was it Billy Sunday who mm. he would he would uh, imitate uh, what sin does to a person in a way that made wow. people laugh and also feel really bad yeah. because mm, of yeah. how how strange it looked or how how bad it looked right. while he was imitating. I believe it was Billy Sunday. I may be wrong. Maybe I, I can look. Um, but he was such a um, a interactive preacher in the sense of. If someone, if he was preaching about somebody being drunk, then he was staggering around everywhere. Or if he was talking about, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, and it, it made people feel foolish by doing those things. Yeah. And that may not be the approach for everybody, but um, some people can pull it off. It's true. Yeah. Have you ever had a time when you were preaching where something funny happened? Oh yeah, actually it was here. I don't know if anybody <laughs> knows it. I don't even think y'all. It probably, I don't even think it's in the recording. Bill <laughs> may know. I don't know. 
Um, last time I was here, I burped in the microphone while I was preaching. Right, right <laughs> in the middle. I don't know if y'all even heard it or knew it. Maybe not. I don't, I don't remember think, that. I went back to the recording to, to see if... if um, wow, that's yeah. so funny. I was I was embarrassed, but you just have to keep rolling. You just yeah. got to pretend like yeah. it didn't happen and hope nobody else heard it. Sure. I don't remember <laughs> it, and I think I would remember that if I had heard it. Yeah. Well, because you're not, li- you're not paying attention to the burp. You're paying attention to what the yeah. word yeah. If, you were, if you were listening for a burp, you probably would have heard it. <laughs> True. <laughs> and now y'all are going to go back and try yeah. to hear it. <laughs> like, every what? time you come and preach, we're like, is he going to burp this time? What day was it? <laughs> go back to it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a Sunday night. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think so. It was yeah. well back. I was told a story about my pastor preaching. And my pastor has dentures, and yeah. and uh, he was preaching and and was getting with it, and spit his teeth out in the middle of his sermon. Wow! And all he could do is he caught him, turned around, chucked him back in, and kept preaching in midair. Yeah, caught him in midair. <laughs> wow! Oh, that's man. crazy. <laughs> the self denture catch is crazy. Yeah. The self denture catch. Oh and my And put him back in now, and. He still doesn't glue them in. This was several, several, long time ago. Yeah. He doesn't glue them in. Wow. So he, if he yawns, like if you're ever with him in the morning and he <laughs> yawns, his teeth turn sideways. Oh my! <laughs> well, he was he was trying to sink his teeth into the word, but it was coming out his mouth too fast. What a mental image! Yeah, kept going. Yeah, that's true. It's. Try to keep that's, up. Uh, we got a guy in our ch- a preacher in our church that has dentures, and he says that that's his biggest fear. And he hasn't spit them out, but it's got really close one time. I seen him suck them back in his mouth one time when he was preaching. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, Jordan, do you have any mentors that you look up to or that you aspire to follow? Um, yeah, I would say probably my pastor and my dad. Uh, Dad's kind of been. Uh, the biggest inspiration, biggest push. Uh, he's he's been uh, a really good supporter. I've had a lot of supporters, so I can't say nothing. Uh, like my saxophone plan, I want to be like Jimmy John Milliken, and then I met Trevor Matheny, and I was like, man, that's the guy because yeah, he's short are, like me. Those are good you choices. <laughs> Trevor <laughs> Matheny, he's short like me, and he can play good, so I yeah. want to be like that guy. We gotta we gotta tag him in this one. For uh, sure. Oh yeah, he's we'll the best. Him. We mentioned him, I think, on a different episode. I think it was our yes. testimony episode. Oh yeah. yeah. No, it was uh, John was talking about his. Uh, Day he got saved. Yeah, and oh he yeah, was. Right. He grabbed him up and said, "You got a beam in your eye." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, I listened to that one today. Yeah, um, yeah. Talking about the the beam in the moat. You know what a moat is? Did you ever look that up? Isn't it like a dust speck? It's I like always, what Horton what hears. Isn't it Horton hears a who like a dust speck or whatever? That's a, a what now? Horton hears a who where it's like a dust speck where you don't need yeah, like a, a, a dust pan. Like a dust moat. You sweep. You sweeping your pupils out. I guess oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a dust yeah, yeah. pan. No, it's actually a moat is a log. Uh, a beam or a moat? No, uh, a moat. A moat is also a log. What's a beam? A beam is a beam. It's it's a piece cut out of a longer log. What? I always thought it was a dust speck. Wait a minute, hold I, on. I always thought that it was having a big thing in your eye or having a little thing in your eye. They're both an issue. Tiny piece of substance. Well, see, I think of a <laughs> moat being like the ring around my pupil. I don't oh, know. Oh, that's fun. A yeah. moat like a castle like, moat. Yeah, like <laughs> that's what it I was thinking. It keeps out the white from my eye. <laughs> well, I don't know. Let me just check. Let me make. Let me fact check myself. Make I sure sound I'm so ignorant. Okay, I don't know where no, I read that from, it's fine. but from from the Hebrew, it's a dry stalk or twig. So I don't know where a I read a twig that is from. still not good to be in your eye. Let <laughs> me just say, yeah. you ever had a twig in your eye? No, I, have. I got not I got for a, a couple a years. It's been a long time. Um, well, while we're on this debate, 
or just this conversation. It's not a debate. It was almost a debate. It was we almost, almost a debate. <laughs> but while we're on this topic, what's worse to have in your eye? <laughs> <laughs> a beam or a twig? I mean, how? how let me ask okay, you this: How do we get a beam about, in your eye? We're talking about somebody who has a moat in their eye, and you have a beam in yours. You know, like <laughs> if you have a beam in your eye, how are you seeing the moat? Exactly. How do you know? How do you know? You're not. Well, like, I, I assume. I assume. Well, it's the moat that sees the beam. But how did you get the beam in your eye? Did you walk into it? I don't know. That's, that's a, a good mental image if you yeah. let it, if you let it do it. That's how I knocked my front teeth out. I walked into a <laughs> telephone pole. Wow. So are those fake or veneers? Did what? you have a beam in your eye? <laughs> so it sounds like you Do you have see. a telephone pole in your eye now? <laughs> I haven't looked. I've been trying to get the moat out of my eye. Moment of silence. Crickets, crickets. Yeah, I know, dude. We wanted answers to those questions, and we didn't get right, them. Let me, look, let me look at the beam real All quick. Right. Beam. Yeah, I don't understand that. Is that one it's of It's a piece of timber. So you got a two by four stuck in your head, and oh, another guy's wow. got a stick in his head, and he thinks that he's everyone's in a you. bad place. Here. Yeah, everyone is. <laughs> there's yeah, there's normal so people walking around like those guys are crazy, and the beam guy's <laughs> even more crazy. Than <laughs> this is so much worse than I thought it was. Yeah, I thought somebody had dust in his eye. Well, speaking of the lumber yard, <laughs> all right, these segues are killing right now. <laughs> We're not good at segues, are we? Yeah, I've, I'm too heavy for them. I think they <laughs> wouldn't move quite as fast. Those, those are so old. Oh, my goodness. Oh, dude. dude. Now you got so, hoverboards and everything. Uh, fun fact, while we're off on a rabbit trail, and this is going to get cut out. Uh, so segues, right? Did you know they actually made it to the White House what? before they even got created? Yeah, 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 yeah. So the guy who created the Segway was insane. This guy was crazy. Like, he was super smart. About everything except it for sounds business. Sounds like a Bill story. No, he was smart, <laughs> but with everything other than business. Like his business decisions were awful. So he was, he had an idea to, this guy created uh, insulin pumps. He's the guy who created that and like saved, he, he became super rich because of it because he was like, you know, making And then his money. next idea was to make segue. No. <laughs> no, not at all. His next idea was similar. Like, now that you're alive, yeah, his next his next idea was to make. He was like there was a wheelchair that that uh, was on a rough place, and and couldn't really move. And his idea, I believe, let me double check this, but his idea was to make um, off road wheelchairs. No, like a wheelchair that could go upstairs, that could just go take itself upstairs and, hmm. and oh. move. Oh, that's a really good uh, idea. Clackety, yeah. Clackety, clackety, clackety. <laughs> sure. It's going to be in here. Yeah, the self-balancing iBot wheelchair. So it was self-balancing. So if it ever got off or anything, then it would... And that was the goal. <laughs> it would fling upstairs. you off and balance. Yeah, yeah. So it would balance itself <laughs> and try, try to do that. So, I can see that now. Just so they did that. And it's not, it's not <laughs> human balancing. It's self-balancing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only without a human in there. It'll sit up so you can sit down in it. But after that, it's all over. Uh, but anyhow, he, his idea was that and while they were working on the balancing technology, then then they had different events. They had the wheelchair, right? <laughs> and then they had another one that was like a smaller one that you could ride on. It was like a table. Mm -hmm. But then they eventually shrunk it down a little bit so you could ride on it. And then people were standing on it riding around. That wasn't supposed to be the main invention. It was supposed to be the wheelchair. Awesome. So he got invited to the White House. He wouldn't tell people what his invention was, by the way. Nobody knew. He called it It, which is the worst name ever. <laughs> like, worst. It's so this bad. This guy is really bad at marketing. So, so bad. It's horrible. 
Because everybody now, because like when he went to sell it, everybody thought it was going to be the best thing to ever exist. It was going to change like transportation. Like you never ride a car. It was like one of those things where like everybody in LA will not be in a car. They'll be in a Segway. And then he made the giant bulkiest thing that could never fit on a sidewalk and looked horrible. Mm. Like it was bad. But anyhow, the White House part of it is he got invited to the White House. It was Clinton in the White House currently. Oh, that's how he got invited. He did not tell them that he was bringing the inventions. He did not tell any of the White House security or anybody that he was going to bring these inventions, That's right? That's going to go well. So he came into the White House riding in the wheelchair. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> he comes into the, This guy can walk. He came into the White House riding in the wheelchair. <laughs> so, so he's riding in the wheelchair. He doesn't say that this is my invention. He says nothing. He's like, all right, I'm in a wheelchair. And then they, they let him in. Even though they didn't want to, because he had another Security invention. Security guards like that's a nice wheelchair. He had another <laughs> invention that was basically the Segway that was right there, and so everybody's kind of like, "What is that?" And he's riding in a wheelchair, right? So halfway through, why, why wouldn't you ride the, the Segway? Because because the wheelchair was the big one. He was just like, "This is a other cool thing that I have." So he's okay. riding okay. into the White House. Okay. We the the wheelchair part had a problem with it, and like died. It needed it, something from from his car, so. So in front of all the White House staff, this dude just stands up and turns around and starts walking back to his car. And they're like, wait a second. This guy doesn't need a wheelchair at all. And they almost arrested him because they just thought it was a weapon. So, they, uh, so he finally makes it in the White House and does that. But then along the business decisions that he made a mistake in, he way overpopularized it. So when it actually came out, it was super expensive. So no one wanted to buy it. It's like a 2000 per model and that's like in in like the early 2000s and uh or no, i think it was in late 90s and then the story everybody tells is about the uh guy who made it riding off a cliff not exactly true not exactly true so he sold it to a different company after they got him out because they were like this guy needs to get out of here he's horrible for the business they got another guy he sold it to a different company did some moving around. The then CEO was walking his dog with a Segway. Another guy tried to get by him, so he backed up to try to give him some room, went the wrong way off of a cliff. The dog was fine. I don't know how. He must have let go of the leash. He let go of the leash. Dog's just like... Dog's like, hey, hey, where'd you go? Yeah, it was crazy, but that's what everybody says the guy. It wasn't the guy who made it. It was the CEO, but pretty funny story while being horned. So, Jordan... uh as a young preacher, do you find challenges because of your age? Is there something that makes you feel like, you know, maybe this is too early? Or is there, was there ever a time that you felt that way? Well, it's not really that it's, if there's anything's too early. Um, mostly, there is some limitations. Um, obviously, with the age because whenever you're a young preacher and you're preaching to older people <laughs> the only authority i have is the word right. so anything mm. that is pointed has to come directly from the bible right. nothing mm. i can't say anything out of my own thoughts or mm. anything that's pointed at someone or at a situation sometimes it happens accidentally and um but for the most part as a young preacher my main goal is to be encouraging and to um, push people to want to be better. Um, that's the biggest thing. I can't, I'm, I don't allow myself to rebuke or reprove or anything that a pastor should do sure. uh, or an older preacher that's been in it for a long time. That's, my, that's really the only limitations that I see as long as you're preaching what the Lord lays on your heart. So even if the Lord shows you like 
like there's something that is a conviction in your heart about the word like say ah, let's just let's just put jewelry out there mm-hmm. that's let's <laughs> just put jewelry out there <coughs> does the lord ever show you all right you know to preach about those convictions well um i feel like a conviction differs a lot from a rule uh, or like a law uh, if if we're talking like if you're talking like conviction like the Lord deals with me to preach something along those lines then yes I'll do my best to do so in the in a humble way if that's what I feel like He's wanting to say right um, but as of like if I believe it's wrong but it's not in the Bible kind of, kind of conviction mm-hmm. um, I don't really believe that those should be re, be preached as um, as biblical factual laws, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, sure. If <clears throat> so, so for instance, if you if you wanted to say it like that, um, let's see. I, I'll give a, an example. There's a there's always the big debate about beards. Okay. Sure. So, not that one. If if a uh, yeah, there's, a, there's always a, a debate about beards whether sure. you have them or whether you don't have them. Is right. it a sin to have a beard? Is it not a sin to have a beard? We got two guys with beards here. Well, we got a beard and half a beard, um, and a quarter beard. <laughs> I get by with a lot. <laughs> I don't have a beard. I can't grow a beard. Sure. Um, I've tried. Anyways, so there's the thing with the beards um, that always comes up. Is it a sin to wear a beard? Why does my pastor not let me on the stage with a beard? Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Um, and you find that whether it's a sin, a conviction, or a pulpit standard, those are three completely different things. Yes. Uh, if it's a sin, it should be preached against. But yes. since it's not specifically in the Bible, it's not a sin. But if it's a pulpit standard because you submitted yourself to your pastor, that's something you should have you have to abide by. But if it's just a conviction of a singular person, then that singular person, it's for them. The Bible mm-hmm. says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That's talking specifically about convictions. It's not a... People use it as a way to get out of doing right. Like if I say... Um, you know, going out and partying with, you know, a group of sinners is wrong. Sure. Um, If you, if you look at, it talks about love, not the world, neither things in the world. You know, you can find a bunch of scriptures that specifically say that going out and doing things of the world is wrong. Then it's a sin, not a conviction. But if I say you can't grow a beard because you won't go to heaven with a beard, then it get it's, that's not, it's not true. Yeah, it's because true. that's my conviction, not yours. Right, right. Convictions are hard because you know people feel like because it's for them, it's for everybody. Sometimes, right. And it's and knowing why you hold there. those convictions. Mm-hmm. Well, I've heard all kinds of convictions. People saying you can't go to heaven with a tie. You can't go to heaven with a wristwatch. You can't tie is crazy. You know, mm-hmm. and yeah. and maybe that's how it is for them. Sure. You know, but if it's if it's not, I mean, I guess if you wanted to argue jewelry about the wrist wristwatch, I guess I mean if you wanted to do it, it's that the way, purpose. Well, even there's then, a practicality for there some. There is of a it, practicality, but it's, there's for some people, for some people then there is a level of I do it to look good and other right. people to notice me. Right. And, and in, that ca- in that case, I believe it would be fair to say God would probably convict them yeah. of using it for that sure. purpose. Papa, Papa had, a, had a problem like that or a situation like that, I wouldn't say problem, where he was convicted about jewelry. And I never he, s- he never struck me as a man that would wear jewelry. Well, 
when he while he was well, saved before yeah. it's early time he was saved according to what I remember anyway yeah he had it to might take be his different out. but he had uh he had a wristwatch that he wore and it was just a leather banded wristwatch it wasn't nothing that was yeah did I say wristwatch yeah I wristwatch it was a <laughs> it was a leather banded wristwatch that was something that he wore just to see time sure and then he saw somebody with necklaces and rings and all that kind of stuff and then he was ministering to them about jewelry being you know that the bible teaches not to wear jewelry well now you know people you know mm -hmm. oh you're wearing a watch that's mm -hmm. jewelry well at that point brother michael took his wristwatch off and said that was my that was his conviction at that point because yeah. if somebody else thought that was jewelry mm -hmm. he didn't want to be a stumbling block for someone else right Does that right. makes sense yeah right. romans 14 at that point because we don't want to sit there and say well if i preach if i preach a standard on the pulpit or I preach a different standard on the pulpit and people are here trying to get salvation right. you know that relationship with god is way more important than a conviction at that moment right but my for conviction sure. to them anyway you right. know so if i if i have a pr conviction over What's a weird conviction people have? Like, uh, like long sleeve no, shirts. No or boots with suits. Oh uh, yeah, no boots with suits. Yeah. let's just say that. That's a funny one. Yeah, it's great. I wanna now. I wanna find or somebody. I who got has one that. for you. Suit jackets. Mm -hmm. Let's just say our conviction is suit jackets. Sure. Mm -hmm. Go on the pulpit and start preaching that if you wanna be in church, you need to wear a suit jacket. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does oh, that does that mean that everybody in the church, if they're if they're in self, if they're trying to reach salvation, that if they don't own a suit jacket, does that mean that they can't be saved? No, sir. Mm. Right. So no. sometimes open-toed shoes. I heard that one oh, too. Yeah. yeah, you can't wear open-toed shoes. Of it's course, immodest. That's a weird one. You you got to check yourself. <laughs> that's check yourself. Who see that I think that <laughs> says more about you. If that's a problem you have, and you're like, it's too immodest. I'm thinking too impure thoughts about that. That's yeah. your fault. <laughs> you, I you, keep looking you at their toes. I yeah. just can't. By the way, I like the way John looked at me when I said the, <laughs> the suit jacket. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh no. He's yeah. like, Hold on, wait a minute. That's oh, my, con that's my that's, conviction. That's brother. the thing that I've I've started feeling that w when I go to church, I. I wear a jacket. Yeah, that's fine. Well, that's, that's, that's fine. Good. You can be wrong. It's and no. no, no <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. No, as, no, Shame it, on you. No, if, you, if that's the way, if that's the way you feel, though, if that's your if that's your conviction, then hold to it and don't let anybody take that from you. Right. right. And understand why you do it. Sometimes people, it's like with the beard thing. Yeah. Understand the point. Point is, it was a sign of rebellion, and it was a sign of you know the hippie movement. Mm -hmm. It's cultural. Remember, it's cultural. Don't, because people. I mean, I knew a preacher who told me how his that's the, well, that's just the guy way in his church tried to get him to preach against it, mm -hmm. and he's like, I can't do that because it's not in the Bible. Right. And he said, and Jesus had a beard, and this guy said, he tried to say that, and he may not be wrong, but let me present it to you in a you know fair manner. He tried to say that in the middle of a crucifixion, Roman soldiers took tweezers and plucked out the hairs of his beard. I'm, I'm going to be honest, this was a man who was beaten so bad his intestines were hanging out of his back. Right. I don't think they were going to go, all right, bring the tweezers in. And, and no, from my understanding, you they know, actually just ripped it out of his yeah. face. Some people said they well, did like that and like it was no more than me. No, they, he had a beard. Tweezers it was cultural. weren't made until the second century. Yeah. That's 
Well, right, Google that's guy. After. Yeah, that works. Google guy. That's right. <laughs> that's not the first. So, time like, I've pe- you know, out. I've heard so. people say that they just grabbed at his face like that, and that's what they mean. I don't think the Bible well, would say cultural, something like that without culturally. Jewish men wore their beards really. Yeah, long. that's what I was, I was going to mention that that because s- just outright saying that beards was a sign of rebellion is is kind of. Uh, you know, it, well, culturally it it now, it can't be it, it can't be looked that at that way because of the the different cultures. But in, I would say, church culture that we are in right now, it looks that way. It seems sure. that way because mm-hmm. of motorcycle uh, gangs that they yeah. wear their beards so long, and uh, you know, prison prison people they they grow their beards to show their their. Uh, that's because they're not allowed razors, or at least that's what well, I was I'm told. saying. But that, but that's that's culturally how people look at yeah. it that way, and right. they don't they don't go back to the Jewish religion <clears throat> or Jewish cultures where their beards meant something, yeah. or the Arabic cultures where their beards actually sure. Meant well, something. they were taken care of. Right. It was well kept. It was one of those things that that was a thought. It was a thought that you had a beard. You're like, I got to make sure yeah. everything looks and good. Right. Now you got these guys that run around with homely, homeless men looking people who just have full beards and it's just all bush. You know, Dark it's commander. like. Yeah, all that. Yeah, for sure. That's. Uh, I'm not. Tr- I'm not in any way reference. trying to preach that beards are okay. Or no, not. I'm just no. trying to put that out there. It's it's hard question because some people are, have something against it. It's like mm-hmm. the jewelry thing. Some people right. call things jewelry. Some people say it's not. I, you know? I guess the danger the danger would be, and we we're talking kind of about how the the problem with the beards and different things, not just the beards, was the rebellion factor, mm-hmm. um, and if I don't believe that having a beard is a sin. But if your pastor says, I'd rather you not wear a beard, and you wear one anyway, mm-hmm. that's, that's rebellion. That's rebellion. That's where mm-hmm. it goes wrong. So it has nothing to do with whether it's a sin yeah. or not. Sure. It's in what context are you wearing it. Right. And, yeah. and I'll, I'll be real real <clears throat> open with you guys. The only reason I don't wear a beard is because my pastor won't allow it. Right. Well, that's, res- that's the right way to do it. It's the respect. That's the respect what I do factor. for most things. Yeah. If I ever go to your church, if I ever go to his church... For the most part, this church, without receiving a comment or two about it, I feel like also I don't look good in a beard, but most of it is a respect thing. Right. It's I'm just, it's saying, just you know. submitting yourself to the higher authority. Right. And that's where I think people get a mistake made. Because we had a guy come to our church, uh, Brother Tim Akers, who had watched us online, and he had never had that environment of saying that beards weren't, weren't of God and that you shouldn't have it on, right? And it wasn't holiness. Mm-hmm. And he had a mustache. It was, you know, very well kept and all that. And he had some, I mean, he was just praying in the Holy Ghost. He was giving out messages that we all knew were of God. It was some of the best services we had had. And I was like, it's because, you know, we think we have that overarching that all the pastors around here say, for the most part, that you shouldn't have beards on the platform. Right. If That's- you aren't under that or have no knowledge of that, then you can be whoever you need to be in the Lord because you're not called to that. Yeah. Whereas when the pastor says it, if you're not doing it, then it is rebellion. So that's why you see a lot of people with beards not fully digging into where they need to be. Mm-hmm. you know. And I'm not trying to say that you're not in the right place. I'm just saying that if you're not doing what your pastor says to, you're never going to get to the place with God that you need to. Because mm-hmm. you're already starting out with rebellion. And you need to understand why the pastor says it. If he has a reason, ask him. Right. Don't just let it be that he just doesn't like beards. Mm-hmm. No, there's a reason why. And if you don't apply to that reason then understand why you want a beard and tell him that. And if he's still like, no, this is what I feel, then obey the pastor. Because if not, then you're just going to his church, but you're not really following his authority. Right, right. 
Amen. Well, if and, and and like I said, if it's a stumbling block, then you have to do something about it. Sure. You know, if the, if if you feel like you can't reach salvation because you're being you're being pushed to a stumbling block, mm. get past that stumbling block. Right. True. Um, you mentioned about your ministry. You have a ministry, and you've mm. been preaching around right. evangelizing in different churches and whatnot. Yes. And I know you have a personal life. So, how do you? How do you manage a ministry and personal life balancing that together? And where do you, how do you do that? You mean personal life as in like um, family Away work? Away from church. Family yeah. work. You, know, okay. you okay. got work, you got family, yeah. you got, yeah. What, so, so how do you balance that? Balancing spiritual life versus personal life uh, was actually kind of a struggle of mine for a long time. Trying to figure out, because there was times that I... I had time, and I would do you know do what I could, and then there was times I didn't feel like I had time, and it. For a long time, I wrestled with that, but it, it turned out, I uh, found out <laughs> a little bit later is you literally have to make time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you can't just it's it's unhealthy just to hope you get time. Mm-hmm. True. And um, so balancing the personal you know the the work life you know. Work is usually sun up to sundown. So I can't just uh, hope that I get home in time hmm. to um, to pray and read, sure. or, or yeah. I can't hope that I wake up in time to pray mm-hmm. and read. So my biggest, what I've been, what I found to do that works the best for me is uh, listening to the Bible for one, mm-hmm. not just reading it, because yeah. I'm a, I'm a listener, so I'll I'll hear things. Amen. I'm a talker too, but. Uh, I can, yeah. I can, <laughs> I can listen and I can, I, and while I'm on the job site, we got machinery running the whole time. So it's, it's easy to kind of get, you know, jumbled up and be concentrating on other things. But at the same time, you can also use that sound of other things because yeah. it makes like a comfort zone because you sure. know, other people can't hear you either. So you can actually pray as loud as you want to and the guy across the yard from you ain't gonna hear nothing right yeah. and so you can actually get a good um a good prayer time right there mm-hmm. and if you have your you know your earbud in or something while you're praying or, and you have your bible going or something i i can't tell you how many uh, messages i've received on the job while i'm out there i'm I, it, I wouldn't even listen to my Bible. This is the funny thing. I, I had my boss driving by on a golf cart, and he was listening to the Bible on his phone. <laughs> and I got a message out of the verse that it was re- being read. That's wow. funny. And huh? I read Newberry. I, I, yeah. I, I knew that. It helps. Yeah, it helps to balance church and work, <laughs> considering your work and right. people who you go to church with too. Right. Yeah. And um, it and it helps. It does help having um, you know, spiritual. Uh, leaders in your work in your workplace sure sure uh, yeah so what do you ha- what would you say to someone who is a young preacher who's having a hard time balancing their life their personal and ver- their ministry because i know i'm me bill and john are all having a ministry doing this podcast and it's extremely hard balancing my home life church and podcast as a ministry yeah. It is super hard. Sure. You're 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 running back and forth. You're calling. You're texting. You're you're listening. You're trying to help edit if you if you even can, mm-hmm. because listening isn't always editing. It's just giving cues <laughs> yeah. of where to edit at. Right. Yeah. You know, John Bill can have a can tell you a lot more about how much he's been pressured. Yeah. And how much of a balance he has because of different things. What would you give 
as far as advice to someone who is in the ministry and having their personal life to balance it out? Um, I've, in my personal experience, it may work differently for different people. I'm not sure. sure. But sure. in my own personal life, um, trying to build your spiritual life around your physical life is almost impossible. Mm-hmm. But if you build your physical life around your spiritual that's where you'll find and it's hard to do it is hard to do i'm not going to say like you're just going to go home and decide to do it and do it uh it takes effort i, mean, I wish it'd be that easy yeah i <laughs> wish it was that easy um building building your work schedule around your prayer time sometimes isn't possible but in that sense if you have a dedicated I'm going to spend my lunch break, even if my lunch break is at different times during the day. Yeah. I'm going to spend my lunch break alone in prayer or Bible reading or Bible listening, as we do. Um, then that's a building your work life around your sure. spiritual. Yeah. Uh, even if your schedule is kind of, or, or even if you said, I'm going to spend this amount of time listening to the Bible during work, you know. Uh, so if I was going to say something to a, to a young preacher that was doing it, the biggest thing to really get going is to work on the relationship you have with God. Because no matter what, if you if you enjoy talking to someone, you're going to do that as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah. in, in a relationship between you know a guy and a girl, whenever they start getting to know each other, the thing they want to do the most is talk. They talk all the time, usually. Yeah. Usually, and and sometimes you know, depending on on who they are, some people are less talkative than others. But yeah, but as a young Christian, the more you grow your relationship with God, it's the same way. You'll want to talk, so you'll find times. Right. Yeah. If you're trying to just do it, just to do it because you know you have to, you'll miss out on a lot of time you could have used. Yeah. For it kind of it kind of sounds like you're telling me that communication is key, yes. and yeah. it sounds like. If I can make time for prayer in my life, then that's where my that's where my foundation needs to be at. Right. Because in the Bible it says pray without ceasing, pray and without ceasing. it's it pray without ceasing is really hard. Mm-hmm. It's like if I'm talking to you right now and I'm trying to pray as I'm talking. It's almost how I picture it, but it's almost that's almost impossible. Right. But when you when you communicate with God and you com- and you try to pray every time you get a a second, uh, brother Don. Bill's dad mm-hmm. uh, brought up a, a perfect and valid point. Whenever you, when you're when you're going through your day, and something pops in your mind, it's called flash prayer. Just pray over that right then mm-hmm. and there, yeah. and then communicate with God. You know, don't don't leave God hanging for too long. I think that's what I don't know if that's what you're saying, but mm-hmm. I feel like that's what you're getting at is communication. Yeah, communication definitely is key. I heard one man say that pray without ceasing doesn't always mean physically with your mouth praying it doesn't mean you have to hit your knees for every second of the day but it does say if you're walking in the spirit and you're you're um in constant communion with god as as a christian should be um then the pray without ceasing would be your spirit man constantly in communion with god the father and the and through the spirit Mm -hmm. um so as you're walking whenever i don't know if you probably you've probably had this where you had almost uh, like a foretelling, like you felt like mm-hmm. something's gonna happen, or you you had a, a like almost a vision or a dream or something of something that's coming in the future, and it happened. Or uh, things like 
I've I've heard like my dad said, if you ever dream about snakes, usually it's a dream about something spiritual is about to happen. Get ready. Mm-hmm. Um, those are things that your spirit man um, tells you through the through the father by communion. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And but that shouldn't just happen one time every six months. Um, whenever he's saying pray without ceasing, he's telling us to walk in a place spiritually that at any moment God can communicate to you through the spirit that anything that's going to happen can happen, should happen, will happen. Um, you'll know about it. Um, it. It talks about over there that the spirit, let's see, that the spirit of God will lead you into all truth. Um, not just some truth, not a little bit, not mm-hmm. most truth, all truth. Right. Um, yes. So uh, if you're walking in that place, like for say, like you were talking about a young preacher, if a young preacher um, is dedicated to God enough to lay down things and sacrifice to get to a place of walking with God, like Enoch walked, like Abraham walked, like David, uh, well, hmm. see, that's the thing about David. David walked with, he walked with God. He was a man after God's own heart. He made mistakes. He was the most right. real uh, human <laughs> real Christian, quote-unquote, in the Bible mm-hmm. yeah. uh, because he made mistakes, and, but he constantly went back to God, and he, const- he, he was constantly after a relationship with him. And in the same sense, pray without ceasing. Um, walk in a spot where God can communicate with you, and you can communicate with him at a moment's notice. Wow, that's awesome. Good, good insight. Anything? Anything this is a bit of a rabbit trail, but do you remember your dreams the day after? The day after, I have um, I have a few dreams that I've remembered. Um, I don't ever dream. That's the, uh, well. Let me rephrase that. Everybody you, dreams. You daydream. Yeah, <laughs> 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 I do dream. I do daydream some, um, but as of like sleep dreams, I almost never remember a dream. Yeah, ever. When I do, I take notice because. Mm. Um, because I don't ever remember. Right. Now, there's only been there's the ones that I really take notice of are the ones that repeat themselves. I had a dream huh. that repeated that repeated itself for I think two years. Wow. Yes, Whoa. it repeated huh. itself at least. I think it was once either every two weeks or every three weeks. It would repeat itself. I had the same exact dream, same exact context. Wow. And, yeah, and I would wake up with the same exact ending for two years and. Now that I'm past the situation that it was, I don't even remember really what the dream was. Yeah. I only have a few fragments of it. Yeah. Um, but during that time, it was so real. Right. Did you figure out why, or was were you in the Matrix, or was it something? <laughs> 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 no, was it something you know, like that the Lord was trying to tell you, or was it just a weird thing that happened in your life? Well, I can tell you, I don't remember much about that dream. That was when I was a lot younger. You'd think I'd know after it right. being repeated yeah. for two years. Uh, but that dream, I don't know if the Lord allowed it to fade away or what. Um, but there's one dream that I've always remembered, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you about it if you're interested. Sure, go ahead. Um, there, I was. Mom was really into couponing at, at one time, and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> it she was sitting. I at think the, every mom goes through that. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like a it's like a mom life crisis. But uh, <laughs> hey, hey, he coined the term comedy. <laughs> mom life crisis. That's yeah. nice. Uh, no, uh, so. <laughs> Mom, in the dream, I was walking down. We had two hallways in our house, and the master bedroom was in between. I think you've probably you've been there, the I old have. the old house. Yeah, the old house. Yeah. There was mom, dad's bedroom was in the middle of the two hallways, so they it connected on both sides. And then once you come down both hallways, if you if you were on one hallway, 
Um, one hallway, if you turn left, you go into the kitchen. The other hallway, if you turn right, you go into the kitchen. They, it was like a horseshoe shape with mom and dad's bedroom at the back and, or in the middle of the horseshoe. Does that make sense? I think I've yes. been there. Have I yeah. been there? Yeah, you, I think you have I been there. I've you been and Ned has been there. That's why, because I'm kind of picturing it. I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so in the very, in the, in the in the hoop of the, of the horseshoe, that's mom and dad's room. And then the hallways go down the two ways. And then there's the kitchen and the dining room. Yeah. And in the dream, I was walking down one of the hallways where the bedroom was. And I walked into the, um, into the kitchen area. And mom was sitting at the table doing coupons. Yeah. And it's still very real. Um, and I sat down at the table. Actually, I think I sat on the table and I, I looked back towards the other hallway. It was dark and shadowy. And I seen a little shadow with red eyes walking down the edge of the hallway. Oh, oh man. Right. Man. It's a little devil, right? Get out of there. Nope. Okay. I'm, so that's when I ran. So, <laughs> kill it with fire. <laughs> right. No. <laughs> um, but in the dream, I wanted to know where it was coming from and oh, what wow. was it? Where, yeah. was, where did it come from? And I ran down the hallway to see where it was coming from. Yeah. And I walked into the the bedroom, the mom and dad's bedroom. I went around the and I looked on the dresser and there was a music box hmm. and it was open and it was playing. It was playing oh. the music and it was crazy is wow. um it had come from a neighbor. And that's how it was in my dream. It had come from a neighbor. It was sitting on the table. It was open. It was playing and I knew that's where the spirit came from. Wow. And after that, I was thinking about it and it's like the Lord told me, be careful what music you listen to. Oh. And yeah. uh, that, from that time, I was probably like 10 or, well, I don't know if I was 10 or 12, 10, 11. I don't know how old I was. Somewhere yeah. in that area. Somewhere, you know, probably between now and when I was a baby. Uh, I had that. <laughs> 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 uh, the fact that probably. Yeah. It was somewhere in there. And, uh, but I've always remembered that. And I've always tried to be careful what kind of music I listen to. Sure. Wow. Man, I that sounds like a horror story. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like I just thought seeing it was a little minifigure. I thought it was gonna have more to do with the couponing. Well, yeah. Don't forget the cold cash. No, that was just one of the weird. One of yeah, the weird. Um, I get you. Uh, what details. song was it playing? Was it like something by Judas Priest or just a normal, <laughs> just a normal uh, song out of a music box? I don't even know what song it was playing. Yeah, it's probably playing like you know, the Pretty Ballerina. That's what it was playing. Yeah, it's probably playing some dark Ring black metal the song. Yeah, it was know. playing a metal song, but just in like music box. That's the worst one, <laughs> especially in the dark alley. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, very slow. That's, yeah, that's and crazy. In, and in E minor, I wouldn't forget that either. <laughs> Anything <laughs> in E minor is scary. A lot of tritones going on during that. Oh that's man, funny. I, I don't remember how Pop Goes the Weasel. I don't remember how that song goes. We're not gonna play it. No, we're not gonna play it. Copyright, sorry. Yeah, don't get copyrighted. Um, hey, you have to um, play in a different key. <laughs> <laughs> e minor. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> What? I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm trying to ask all the questions. I'm no. not trying to ask all the questions. Ask all sorry. the questions, man. Yeah. I got nothing. I'm doing jokes over all right, here. All right. So, uh, <laughs> what is your, um, what's your biggest pet peeve? Ooh. I want to. Uh, yeah. Personally or spiritually? Honestly, yeah. No, no. Your biggest. Just pet in peeve. general, not spiritually. In general, okay. Yeah, you can give peeve. one real answer and one spiritual answer too. If oh you need. boy. Yeah, yeah, the spiritual answer is not real either. Uh. <laughs> Thank you for catching that. I was hoping no one would notice, but you did. Um, That's good. <laughs> biggest pet peeve. So, something that I dislike that people do, it or takes just you off. oh just whatever. It's, whatever, yeah. It, it, something that gets under your skin. 
Like um, you can't. Well, stand spiritually, it. I, I, and everybody, or well, I say everybody, everybody has done it at one point or the sure. other. But blaming the devil for their own bad choices. <laughs> oh, yeah. Come on, dude. That classic that, line: "The devil um, made me do it." I'm oh, sorry my. if I ever ticked you off, then. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sorry. No, no, no. My no, apologies. No, it don't. T- it don't take me off specifically. Like, like I get upset about it. But whenever you wish you, less people would do it, less people, because especially if it's a, a blatant uh, act of like uh, murder. You know, like no, I know. Like, no, it's no, just like, I get it. You know, it's like a blatant, like, I knew I shouldn't have. I did it. Right. Bad things happened. <laughs> it's the devil's fault that bad things are happening. I, I got married basketball, in- <laughs> yeah. and the ball came back and hit my finger. I was at a football burnt. game, and I got robbed. And right. I think the devil is really after me today. And it's yeah. just like the devil's like, get over here. They're doing testimony service again. Like, just like. Yeah, no, like, I, I was fishing on a Sunday. <laughs> I looked myself in the face and then sunk my boat. The devil, <laughs> yeah. you know, but whereas. Even though, uh, like, just financial situations, well, just you know, making bad decisions. Yeah, the now, 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 the devil. That, that don't take everything uh, away because the devil does yeah. prevent you from say, um, going to but, church and stuff like that. Right, but you he know. didn't I put bought you a new on a boat. fishing boat. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a perfect example. We bought a boat, and then they're like, you know, the devil's really been attacking my finances recently. <laughs> I've not got enough to give for the Lord as I usually do. Yeah, uh, yeah. Personal, yep. yeah. Like, you know, I didn't have enough. I, I'm not making enough money to pay my tithes, but I have enough to go to KFC <laughs> and buy the menu. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's something I'm eventually going to do i'm just going to walk into the a restaurant and buy everything on the menu i like yeah. it if you talk as long as it was in the mic it is it's just, uh, oh, just oh, okay maybe it, your mic is down as long as you pay your ties obviously pay your ties yeah yeah <laughs> but don't expect just because you pay your ties that you can buy everything in the world you want that god will honor that fully well it does talk about not consuming it on your own lust so yeah i mean i guess i guess there is a line there's a fine line somewhere we should preach about the lust of fishing there should oh, be a message know, about the lust of fishing, <laughs> you know? How many fishing poles are in your truck right now? Two. That's a good answer. Good answer, good answer. Yeah. Because <laughs> like if it was three, it'd be too perfect. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and, well, and what do you need that for? I mean, two is good. You can get small well, fish and big fish. I got, I got one for me, one for the Holy Ghost, one for Jesus. Oh. You know, actually, it was Wait funny. a minute, hold up. You said, what? Count <laughs> that again? Jesus take the real? I yeah, mean, wait a minute, exactly. hold on. No, if that's I had three, if, if we had three, that'd be what it is. No, yeah. um. No, I mean, if you look at it, I mean, Jesus hung out with fishermen, so right. I don't see... He helped him catch a bunch of fish. I mean, if you so pray the right way, you can probably get another... Jesus paid know. his tithe with the fish. I oh. like the vernacular hangout. Jesus hung out with fishermen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. Because that's what he did. He's like, you know, he's just hanging out the whole time. Yeah, man. he hanging out with public engineers. Jesus was just hanging out with the bros. Yeah, he's hanging out like, with the bros. <laughs> just like, like everything on, he Jesus. does, dude, it's just like he makes the wedding fun again. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> like the party's about to be over because they're out of food at the at the Sermon on the Mount, and he's like, "We're gonna have to break it up. We don't got no food." He's like, he's like "Break it up, only bring it up, up only break bread, up the son. bread." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was just a bro, dude. And then and he's like, uh, he's mad because they're, you know, disrespecting his father's house. So he just goes and flips some tables and lets him know what's up. You know, yeah. see I, that would I, be that would be a sorry that'd be no, a really American ahead. culture Jesus. Oh, dude, though. yeah. So we have to be it's true. I wonder what Careful. it looked like when he was breaking the bread. Because he fed, what, 5,000 souls? With, At least. Yeah, it's like 5,000 men. 
Because they didn't think women and children yeah. were people. He did that twice. So, so what did what did the bread look when he broke the bread? Did uh, it think, just stay the same? Yeah, was it I think just he did. Copying? I think he. Wow, I didn't think of that. Copying and It's just the same exact five piece loaves. of bread. That's what I think the disciples did. I think the disciples did that where they broke off a piece. They were pulling off a piece, and as as it was going, it just was there. It was just there because it's a it, quick motion no, it's like that, and it follows. Everybody knows they were copying and pasting the bread. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> control C, Control V, that just hand it to him. Like crazy. It's like he broke off the end, the heel, whatever yeah. you want to call it. The end and the heel is still there. Yeah. <laughs> Some guys, everybody, that disciple, heel. Yeah, that disciple was so mad. Why didn't you give me the heel? Every, it's an unlimited heel. Uh, hold on. Let me break the bread in the middle there. That's <laughs> the worst part of the bread. Heel. Yeah. That's why no one eats the heel anymore. Yeah. They used to be of it. All heel. <laughs> 2,000 people had heel, and that's it. <laughs> they had the back of the fish, the fins. Yeah. He healed the sick. He healed the, <laughs> healed the lame. Oh. oh, I got another oh, fin. Man. Just the poor disciple handing yeah, out three fins. Funny. Just yeah. yeah, here's a fin. The other guy's got the good piece. <laughs> I got the fish head again. <laughs> you just gave that out to the last guy. <laughs> Uh, what's? Oh, let me ask perfect. you this, because we kind of talked about our favorite prophets and things like that. But oh, what's yeah. your favorite miracle? Oh, favorite miracle doesn't uh, have to be. But you can say your favorite Jesus, and then an Old Testament one too. My yeah. birth. Oh wait, no. Uh, no. <laughs> I thought the miracle was you getting engaged. Oh, <laughs> cutting that. Whoa, hold up. You know what? I'm gonna leave that in. That was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Autumn. Uh, that's funny. No, okay. So the greatest miracle, in my opinion. Hmm. Salvation doesn't count because. Right. Know, well, hold on. A you know what? Well, n- that doesn't apply to this because that's obviously the best one. I don't think it's the best one. Okay. No. So <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of different speculation on which one's the greatest miracle. Sure. Um. So you could say the raising of the dead, mm-hmm. whether it be Lazarus, brother, be the boy on the. Is it a buyer or a beer? Can anyone tell me that? A it's beer, a I beer? think. B-I-E-R. B-I-E-R. Is it buyer or a beer? Like beer, beer, I think. We're not supposed to have beer. Water into wine, <laughs> boy on a beer. <laughs> yeah. Water into wine, boy on a beer. Same thing. All right. Okay. So, favorite miracle, um, in my opinion, the one I like to think about the most, or, or at least most recently, um, Peter walking on water. Wow. You mm. know that Peter knew how to Beer. It's beer. <laughs> okay, it's beer okay. yeah, you can't hear it in the thing. So okay. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, so favorite miracle probably I would say would be Peter walking on water. Oh yeah. As of right now, because sure. he's a fisherman, he knew how to swim. Why didn't he swim? Uh, yeah. He the reason I think that he didn't swim is because he had a um, a one track mind. This is how it's <laughs> supposed to work. I'm supposed to walk on water. I'm not walking on water. I'm sinking. Yeah. And that's what. Uh, the, the thought process recently has been is that the reason why so many young people aren't receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost mm. because I feel like it should work this way and when God is trying to push it to go a different direction like now you're sinking now you swim because I have my thought process so cl- far yeah. it has to yeah. be this way then I walk out without. If something's wrong, I don't know how to go back to what I know. I'm just stuck in a new place. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm you know stuck where you're at. You've been there. I can't get back up on top of the water. What do right. I do? So then you yeah. call out to Jesus for help. Wow. Um, and he does help you, but he can't receive the Holy Ghost for you. And that's that's sure. a little bit, um, that's probably not exactly what you're asking. But, so Peter that's, walked on water, yeah. right? He walked on water in the middle of a storm. Um, that's another crazy thing. Why were they in trouble? 
These are sailors. They've been sailors for who knows yeah. how long. They're on a boat. That's their natural habitat. That's where they're always. They've been, they've been in storms. How many yeah. storms have they weathered? Yeah. But yet they got fearful, so fearful that Jesus seen them on the mountain and went down to them. And when he was afar off, then after knowing Jesus for years and years and years, I say years and years and years uh, as in like two years or three years. Yeah. I can't remember how many years sure. it's been. But they've known him for a long time or known of him. Yes. And they've seen the miracles. They knew where he was at, where he would be coming from if he was coming from anywhere. Right, yeah. They seen the direction he was coming from and still thought it was a ghost. Still feared because yeah. they were st- already caught up in fear of the storm. Right. Which they had no business fearing anyway. Sure. They yeah, but I kind of feel, I kind of, I see the boat in the middle of the water and it is, their normal storms are just winds and rains. Mm-hmm. Whereas this storm is boisterous. It's mm-hmm. huge. It's never been... There's never been a storm like this before to them. It's true. And it's almost like the Miami hurricane. Mm-hmm. They weren't prepared for that Miami hurricane mm-hmm. at all. You know, it destroyed most of Miami. Right. That's why it's called Miami hurricane anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't ready for that. They've seen plenty of they storms. They They've seen plenty of storms, but this one was bad. Right. So... To see a storm that was beating that boat, battering it, and filling their boats up, they've never seen that before. Right. You know, that was that was something that they were not used to. And then, on top of what you said, seeing Jesus on the water, that was a whole new idea for them. They've never yeah. seen somebody walking on water. Mm-hmm. So at that point, now it's a whole new phenomenon. Now it's not just a storm. There's a spirit that we've never, like, encountered walking on right. the water. Sure. It d- it makes a whole new, a whole new like fear for them. Right. Like now, you know what hap- what happens next. Right. You know, turn your turn around and you see something completely different. But Jesus says, "Hey, fear not. It mm-hmm. is me. Fear and not. if it's you, bid me come." You know. You know, it's cra- you know it's crazy about that. He said, "Bid me come," and any old spirit could have said, "Well, come on," and made him drown. Mm-hmm. But he had enough faith that this was who he said it was that he right. jumped out of the boat. Yeah. And he started walking, like I said, and he sunk. Um, now here's the next question. Jesus said that um, all these things that he did in his life that we'll be able to do. He says that he that believes on greater me, greater things, gra- and then greater yeah. things. Um, so, is it possible in the modern world to walk on water? I've heard of people. There's been stories of people doing it, of just you know missionaries needing. I think it if it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Jesus did things that weren't exactly necessary. But it was necessary for us to know what he could do. Right. Whereas with us, I don't. I I, I had a pool when I grew up. Mm-hmm. A couple times, I was hoping. I was I was really praying and trying, man. I was just mm-hmm. like, nope, still sank. Mm-hmm. Uh, great, you know. But I didn't need that to happen. Right. Yeah. I don't need loaves turned into bread. I'm pretty good on my own, as you can tell. You know, I, I loaves, loaves turned, turned into bread. bread. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need brain cells turned into mush. I didn't need that. I want to know how they saw him. It was at night, right? Didn't He's they? wearing white. Yeah, but in the middle of a storm, I'm assuming it's raining pretty hard. Yeah, right. but like lightning comes up and you're like looking you, around. Like You've been in a storm before. You've seen how the clouds cover the whole place and everything yeah. turns dark. Yeah. It doesn't matter what time of day it is. It's sure. clouded, dark. So how did they see him afar off? Lightning, I think. I think it's like just in the lightning coming the out of light. the mountain. His face shone like. Oh uh, sure, yeah. Who knows? 
Who knows? They if he wanted you to see him, you'd see him. You know, so if, if they're looking out and they're like, you know, is there land nearby? And then like, there's a guy over there. <laughs> well, I, assume. I, I, I wonder if that. Yeah, it's twice. like water, water, man walking on the ocean, water, water. Well, well, here's my here, here's my take on on that question before we move on to a different question. Sure. Is that when he said greater things than these you shall do, you know, walking on water has been done already. Does that mean somebody could run on water? So greater things than these. If it's already been something <laughs> where Jesus is walking on water, running on water, or whatever, then yeah. he gave us, he's given us power to do greater than that. Yes. You know, we don't, wh why would we walk on water if it's already been, you know what I mean? True, yeah. And I think the greater power is, is what is needed by us. I think we take power as just, you know, and we abuse that term as far as we want just... I'll give me power so I can do this that's not really needed. I don't, you know, it's just to show off. Well, mm -hmm. I, I got I got something to knock your socks off. All right. Take your shoes off. Otherwise, you're not going to like it. <laughs> socks are going to come off, but the shoes will stay on. It won't be good. It'll be painful. Yeah, it's very uncomfortable. All right. No. So, John 14 and 12, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And then there's a semicolon, which means that the next the next phrase after this will stand by itself. So there's two independent sentences yeah, here. Yeah. So the works, he that believeth on me. So uh, what, are, what does he say about salvation? He that believeth on him shall be saved. Yeah. So he's saying that the greater works we or that these works that he does can be done at salvation. Mm -hmm. That's a very foreign thought. Um, most of the time we think we have to have the Holy Ghost to do the things that, God, that Jesus did on the earth. But actually it says right here. If you believe on him, you get saved. The things that Jesus does, you can do. Okay, now, this the next part, this is where we kind of got wrong. Um, and then, semicolon, this next part is going to go into a standalone sentence. Sure. And greater works than these shall he do because I go into my father. Well, what happened when he went to his father? The Holy Ghost came. Yeah, yeah. So we're trying to base, we're trying to do, we, we haven't even got to the place where we can do the works of Jesus even with the Holy Ghost. And that's that's kind of a sad place for the church because mm -hmm. yeah. we've gotten, well, I say that, we, well, there's works that's being done. There's there's healings and there's, sure, sure. you know. Um, but he said greater works shall you do. We should be seeing greater works with this Holy Ghost right. than Jesus did. But we're still having a hard time wrapping our heads around the things that he did yeah. while he was here. True. That is available to us through salvation. Wow, I stand corrected. <laughs> we all it, do. It happens. Well, you're sitting, yeah. Oh, there you go. He stood up. He stood up. So, I've, I've, I've been told stories, and I've, I've heard stories from evangelists where they were going to their next meeting, and the truck was on empty. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it prayed, Lord... I got to make it to this meeting and they drove for however far till they could get to the next yeah. Phillips station. I don't know why I just called it a Phillips station because they <laughs> said it was a Phillips station. Yeah. yeah. To the, to the next spot yeah. where they could get gas. And when they rolled in, what if it's a diesel truck? Wow. Do they still put gas? Fuel. In? Yeah. <laughs> does the guy a fuel, fuel. A, a fuel station? Does, does he go by Philip or is Phil? It, is, it pet, <laughs> is it petrol? Yeah. Petrol. <laughs> petrol. Then I'm right to the next petrol station. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah, that's you. pretty good. Sorry. And when when they rolled in, as they rolled up to the pump, Car truck, off. truck died. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, they filled it up and kept going. Insert wow. dying truck noises. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I should have done that in post. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I have heard that as well. I've heard them. Mm. I've heard where they they go for for fifty miles, a hundred miles. Yeah. Uh, I've also heard the story that brother that Bill was talking about, where they walked on water. Um, the missionaries walked I, across the river. Yeah. Um, that was, I believe, it was full of alligators in the middle of a storm. If I'm not mistaken, it was uh, something crazy yeah, like something, that. It was insane. And yeah. so, so like you're saying, I've heard that. Uh, one man said, I, I heard one man say though, he said if you, that he did that. He he asked. He ran out of gas. He prayed to the Lord. I got to get to the meeting. And he said he got in the truck and he cranked it. And it, it is it cranked up or crunk up? Y'all got to tell me. Uh, I think it's cranked. I'm not good with English, so. Know. Yeah. Cranked? I, no. Cranked. I, I don't I, know. I speak English like it's my second language. It turned so. over and it got going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that works. It hit a room. Yeah, it made a room for him sound, and they, they hit it towards the towards the thing. And like, like John said, they made it to the gas station, filled it up, and they went. And he was telling that testimony at the meeting, and he said one of the guys told his wife, he said, our car's almost out of fuel. But I believe God's going to fill me up. So he drove past the gas station and went five miles in the country and died. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on a second. Wait, 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 wait. Right. That was a great so story weird. until he died. That was a weird turn. <laughs> His wife I'm, is like, what? I believe Sorry. God's going to fill up the truck. <laughs> Dies. <laughs> oh, that's uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. Yeah, that was great. We interrupt his podcast. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's one of those things. He didn't need it. <laughs> so, so he didn't he really need it. He was actually dead? <laughs> no. no. Okay. No. Sorry, I said that wrong. His, his vehicle died. I, sorry. I, yeah, I yeah. said it just came out of my mouth. It's fine. His vehicle died in the middle, five miles out of the country. They had to get a tow truck or uh, to come get him and bring him back into town. That's um, the preacher oh, who's yeah. looking at him like, what and, are you doing? Oh, yeah, and he, he, he did. He asked her. He's like, why didn't it work? Why didn't it work mm. for me? And the preacher said, well, did you have money in your pocket for fuel? He said, yeah. He said, did you pass the fuel station? Yeah. He said God provided everything that you <laughs> needed to not run out of gas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Right. And you went That's right good. past it. Wow. Hey, remind me of that story. Uh, you probably heard it before where there was a guy who it was a whole city that was getting ready to get flooded. And there was an evacuation for that whole city. And this one guy wanted to be in his house, you know, and he said, I'm not leaving. Until the Lord takes me, until the Lord uh, helps me, so he goes and the water's flooding up. Water's flooding up. He says, "All right, Lord, come and help me." And then a boat comes through and says, "Hey, you need any help?" And the guy says, "Nope, I'm waiting on my Lord." And after that, he says, "All right." He goes up to the second floor and <coughs> the, the by the window, water's creeping up. And then the boat comes by that second window and says, "Hey." Uh, the flood's coming up, man. You need some help. And the guy says, no, I'm just waiting for my Lord. And then goes to the top floor, and, mm. you know, there's no more room to go up. And the boat comes through again and says, hey, you're going to get on the boat. The, it's flooding. You're, it's not going to be much more opportunity. Lord's going to come and provide a way. All right? And then I think I know where the store is going. After that, the guy ended up drowning. And he really did die. <laughs> he ended up drowning, and he went to heaven. And uh, the Lord says, "Lord, uh, why didn't you protect me from that flood?" He says, 
I sent you three boats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Sometimes we do that with messages too. Where we're like, we wait for God to give us a message and somebody comes by and says, you know, I, th- I think you should do this. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying out of, you know, it has to be somebody you respect and trust. Like brother Laverne. Oh my goodness. If he oh, tells me yeah. to do nothing, but he, w- if it's from the Lord, you'll know. Yeah. Yeah. Brother yeah. Laverne could tell me to walk around the church on my hands and I do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, right. just, try your best. <laughs> he, he has such a power of knowing what the Lord wants and always mm-hmm. praying about it. And his oh, yeah. preaching is great too. I've heard him only a couple times, but when I have, it's been. I, I don't even know. I love Does he even claim to be a preacher? I think he actually think the claims to be a, a Sunday school teacher. Yeah, I think so the Lord gives him stuff every I, once in a while. He is a Sunday school teacher, I thought. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. But, but I don't he's, think he actually claims to be a I've preacher. heard him preach at John's church twice, and it was amazing both times. I, I think I'm, it's when he has something to say or somebody calls him that, you know, he he's like, I'll preach for you. And. I don't know. He's, I love he's so one of those great. guys with a testimony. His testimony is a preaching service. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. He, no, he, he, d- he does some words. He's a preacher fire. Oh, I understand. so good. He's a he, preacher fire. Yeah. yeah. He says complicated things in simple terms that I know are complicated, but other people just say, oh, that's easy to understand. I'm like, no, he's breaking something down. That's Four really, farmers you know. by far worse. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's so good. It's great. Yeah, I, I saw him at the words. faith conference. Yeah, I really. saw him at faith conference with Brother Matt in East Church. Yep, and uh, he came up to me. And we were, I, that was I was next in, week. I was in the middle of praying. Last week. Oops, <laughs> I was in the middle of praying. Oh, yeah, um, right. And he saw me, came up to me, and he shook my hand and hugged me. And he said, "I haven't seen you in so long, brother. How are you doing?" And I said, "I'm doing good." I've, and uh, I told him, I said, "Well, you know, Brother Bill talks so much about you. Oh, well." I hope it's uh, good stuff. And I said, oh, yeah, he talks about good all the time. He says good stuff. You know, he says that you're a really good minister to him. You, you know, you give yeah. him a good word. And he said, oh, man, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. So just yeah. seeing him and knowing that he is a really good on-fire mm-hmm. person, man of God, he is amazing. Mm. Yeah. For sure. And it's, you know. I hope you get to see him and tell him to listen to this podcast because <laughs> the amount of episodes that we've mentioned. I know. He's the name drops sure. a couple. Sure. He has, you know, I think he has some of the biggest influence when we're talking about people who have had influence other than my grandpa and people who are right close to me. Mm-hmm. He's one of the big ones that had a huge influence on me. Uh, brother Donovan Cox, obviously brother Stedham, who I got saved under brother Alexander, uh, and, and you, yeah, me. you, uh, and I'll what? tell you this because, you know, last year, not last year, but the year before at youth camp, I was really praying through and you, when, when we were praying, I was on the floor partially because I wanted to be there and partially because my arms were tired um, <laughs> or I could just lay there. Uh, but that at that point you had said to I me, you know, that you, were, that you knew that I was going to do great things. And I've heard that confirmed multiple times by the Holy Ghost, by different people. But that was, I think, the first time I'd heard it. And it really put a different, you know, perspective on my life that I needed mm-hmm. to be in the right place to do great things. And who knows if it's this podcast, if it's the music, if it's anything or something else that I don't even know yet, Mm -hmm. but it's been a huge influence. And that's why it's, you know, it's always, you know, both you and brother tickle have, have both Jason tickle have prayed for me and it means a lot. He prayed for me last year. And again, just one of those things where he said Mm -hmm. stuff that was really insightful to me that you don't, sometimes you don't realize people notice. You just think they, Oh, I hang around with them, but he really cared. And just, you know, people in the, the environment I'm at that I'm super happy to grow up with that I don't realize the effect that they have sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, if we're, I mean, since we're name dropping people, uh, <laughs> yeah. I will say Jason has had a big in, in, influence on my life as well. 
Yeah. Uh, he said a lot of things that uh, I needed to. Huh? You guys go to church together, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We actually we've been friends. Well, I say we've been friends. Right <laughs> after I was born, he knew. Like he wow. knew me. Um, wow. At my first church, he he knew me. I didn't know him till we went to the upper room together. Sure. But um, he told me that he's pretty. He's been my friend since I was a baby. Wow. And, oh, and awesome. I never even knew him until we got started going to upper room. And then sure. um, he said a lot of a lot of really encouraging things to me. And he's also kept me um, he's kept me accountable in a lot of ways. Mm. Yeah. Um, there's there was some decisions that I was going to make that he checked me on and said, make sure you think about that a little bit harder. Yeah. And um, it helped me steer in the right direction. Yeah, I think Jason is a, brother. Jason is a really good like accountability partner in that sense because even with me and i'm not really like around him as much mm-hmm. all the time but when it comes down to me <coughs> talking to him he gives me that check as well sometimes he he can literally tell me hey you know dig deep about that talk to the lord and make sure that's exactly what you need to do mm-hmm. you know i i appreciate anybody and everybody who does that for me right yes, sir. um i'm gonna start uh first all right with y'all i'm gonna start wrapping this up here sure. soon yeah okay. um I got a couple questions, and these are the good questions. I'm gonna, um, John, I'm going to ask you to the same question. but uh, And with every interview, at least I've asked this question. So okay. you, if you heard yeah. the podcast, you know the question I'm about to ask you. Okay. It's a lot of pressure. If you me. can sit down and talk to any biblical character in oh the yeah, Bible besides Jesus, <laughs> because Ooh. everybody gets to talk to Jesus at some point. Yeah, right? true. If you get to sit down with... If you haven't read the Bible, that's a crazy statement to make. You know, like, what? I didn't, get to, I didn't get to talk to Jesus. Yeah. So if you get to sit down and talk to any biblical character in the Bible, obviously, besides Jesus, who would it be and why? Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Take your time. Is Zadok the son of Shanana. Mahershala <laughs> 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 is, is, is this like with their entire life of experience as well? or In their prime. You want to say in the prime like we do with boxing or whatever, where it's like the guy in the prime or just full life? Amazon Prime. Yeah. yeah. Shipped it yesterday. <laughs> it's here. <laughs> yeah. So... I say with the full time and consideration, like he's I'd lived his full life. And whatever, I, I, for me, it's a certain. With my character, it was a certain point in his life that I that I really was interested about. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you gotta be careful. Yeah, some yeah. people were good and then went evil. So yeah, you, so whatever, whatever. Catch him at the right person time. Person that you felt. <laughs> catch him at the right time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Judas before he was a disciple. <laughs> 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 um. But he had it before he was a disciple and after he was a disciple. Oh, yeah. Mm. Nobody talks about the after. Actually, everybody talks about the after he was a disciple. Everybody does talk about the after. Mm. If if he would have just held on just a a little bit longer. A little bit longer, yeah. Okay, so (laughs) it's hard to say because there's a lot of Bible characters that I'd like to talk talk to. Um, James was, they say, the brother of Jesus. Yeah. He wrote probably one of my, I I believe it, I think I still consider it my favorite book in the Bible, James. Mm. Um, But also... (laughs) Okay, I've another listen, question. Yeah. Since I listen, since I've oh, is that the other question? No, no. I was joking. That okay. it sounds like a question we uh, ask. Um, James is one of my favorite books in the Bible. So I would say I'd like to talk to him. What was it like to be Jesus' brother? 
But at the same time, you got Peter had such a, a powerful ministry after an up and down life. Mm. Um, he went from being a rough scumbag to a disciple to uh, he betrayed Jesus and then he was yeah. a powerful preacher. I'd like you know talk to him about that. Sure. Then you got, I mean, I'm not trying to say more than one, but I am. Uh, yeah, oh, wait a minute, you are. <laughs> yeah. And then you got Paul, all the things that he went through. Mm-hmm. What was it like to get stoned to get back up? What was it like to go through your for a little rock with the bragging rights he had? And yeah, he, he, was he so got stoned. so many, dude. He got stoned, got up, went back to the city, and still couldn't handle a woman. In fact, yeah. <laughs> 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 oh my word, he survived the shipwreck. Right, yeah. was on an island, um, got bit by a viper. <laughs> immediately shook after, shook it off in the fire, lived. They they said he they said that he he must have he must be punished, and then they made him a god. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like this man walked in heaven. Yeah, like he was beaten, he was stoned. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> no, he, he got, wasn't because he he said, you know, he got you know, followed he around was, by demon possessed. He talked women? about sin, when he talked about sinners. He said, "Of whom I am chief." Ooh, he never yeah. felt like he was a big man. I think he always. I think, you know, you got times where when people come back from the military, that stuff hangs with you where you, you know that you've taken lives. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this guy was taking lives of Christians. I don't think oh, that yeah. ever went away. Mm-hmm. I don't think that ever mm-hmm. departed from us. Because, again, when you think about that story, people laugh a little bit when you talk about the, the barbarian saying this man is a murderer, right? Mm-hmm. He was. Yeah. That's the yeah. thing. He it, was he a really murderer. Was. That's it the probably... devil putting that tag on him, literally and figuratively, of saying, <laughs> "This is, you know, this is hanging on your head. You're a murderer. You'll never." Because st- I'm, I'm sure that was part of that thorn in the flesh that always in his sure. mind the devil was saying, sure. "Why are you preaching to these people? You, you used know, to kill them." That's actually... Just look at this way. Look at this. He's holding the jackets of or those coats, coats of yeah. these people who are stoning Stephen, right. and then he gets stoned. Mm, yeah. yeah. You know, he's he's prideful holding these jackets because he's watching someone right. that's, that's ministering mm-hmm. Jesus's gospel, and you know and he gets stoned for and doing. He gets stoned. It. Yeah. He actually gets yeah. stoned twice. You know, I've I've actually yeah. that's really good insight. Never, I've always wondered what the thorn in the flesh was to Paul. Mm. Possibly it was the memory of those that maybe the whole time through his whole ministry he felt like he was trying to avenge those that he persecuted. Yeah, yeah, it's and he's then, trying to do them justice. Man, right. you should preach that. It's possible. Well, it may happen. Start That's what this podcast notes. is for, I guess. <laughs> so, John, we're preaching. I know you've talked a little bit, but what is your character that you would talk? You would talk to. I'm, I would say Solomon. Mm, oh, nice. Good answer. That's a wise answer. That's a really wise answer. <laughs> so, and and I and I say Solomon with all of his life experience because he had so much wisdom and knowledge that he got at an early age from God. And as he got older and matured into adulthood, he basically became an idiot. Not really, but I mean, <laughs> another person who's super smart but couldn't handle a woman or seven hundred <laughs> I mean, of them. Yeah. So <laughs> he he ended up falling out of God's grace. Yeah. So I think that would be a that would be a F- favorite book. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. There's been some jokes on that, <laughs> you know. It's just uh, so. You can cut that. I kind of <laughs> forgot about that, honestly. Nah, that's a good, right. that's Another good. question for you, Jordan. Mm-hmm. Do I need to have an answer for this one too? No, you okay. don't have to. Answer. You want to have to answer? For this? I don't know. Hey, Jordan, I want to hear you talk some this episode. So, uh, <laughs> what's one question 
that you wish I'd asked you? And how Ooh. would you have answered it? Oh. <laughs> basically, so Jordan, fix our mistakes. This is just uh, a Q and A with you. Yeah. yeah so honestly, <laughs> if I was to ask myself a question, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's an interesting way. Of honestly, I didn't. I purposely didn't prepare anything mentally, so that you could get the most raw, honest uh, sure, answers yeah, that sure. I could give. Um, That's fair. I don't know of any questions that you missed. I think it's been a really good conversation. Sure. Um, nice. Man. Yeah, we did it. He guys. nailed it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think it's, I think it's really good. Yeah. Well, I we it. want it to be raw, unfiltered, honest conversation because the point of this is that it's just what we do. If we were if we were done with a service normally you'd go home because you had to work. But if we didn't do that, <laughs> we'd just be talking. You know, yeah. we'd be talking about this kind of stuff. We wouldn't have maybe the level of prepared questions so it flowed a little better. Mm -hmm. Just so it's not, because, you know, we, we talk and we'll have silence for a minute or whatever, and, and we usually, you know, we try not to have that. But just that we talk and get true, honest feelings, because right. that's lacking in a lot of not only church life, but all our personal lives. Of mm -hmm. There's a thing of, you know, like this week, I didn't do everything necessarily that I should have with handling the podcast episode that came out today. It's okay now, but I had to do some fixing. And there's always that little itch of trying to present yourself the best you can of how you did it. Like, it wasn't my fault. It was this. It was that. Mm -hmm. And I had to finally just go, no, I, I did a horrible job. I you know rushed through things and put things off. And, and I had to come clean and just say, hey, you know, I didn't handle that right. And that's one of the most difficult things now is you never want to have a conversation and admit I'm wrong. You've got to twist right. it and say, you know, well, I actually did this and that. But, you know, there's three things that's, that it's hard for people to say. I need help. I was wrong. And we're just just so Worcestershire sauce. Yeah. Worcestershire And and Yeah, for sure. I just call it that one. Um can I have the sauce? I get it. The sauce that goes in every sauce? I feel like if you walked if if you were in a restaurant and you asked that question, they Even Google can't pronounce it. They might would know. What you were talking about. It's like there's no spell check for Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> Dude. It Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire sauce. That's, that's Worcestershire sauce. I like yeah. Worcestershire sauce. Yeah, I'm yeah. not even going to try. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. The other thing that's the hardest thing to say is, uh, oh no, hold on, I had it, is, is, uh, <laughs> is what word America was founded on. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the foot him. Uh, foot, foot. <laughs> that's the other one. That's the, that's, there's four answers to that. Oh, but man. We've had a lot of fun this episode. Yeah, for sure. But that was an episode of The Bros. We appreciate you for coming on and listening. Uh, we want to present to you a, for a future episode coming up with Brother Travis Matney Sr. coming on. Y'all stay tuned next yeah. week. This is going to be a great episode. Hit the follow button if you want to make sure you get the episode. And comment on the episode as well. We'd love to hear you. Yeah. Love to see you like it. love to see you comment it. We're on Facebook. We're on every platform that you can get podcasts from officially. And we thank you. And we want to see you next time. Have a good night. Thank you, guys. Peace. Good night. <laughs>